Hi, this is Ann Robertson, the Executive Director of the Massachusetts Bible Society. This is the Spirit Walkers Devotion on Monday, December 7th. And before I get into it, I wanted to ask you, last week I put out two podcasts, same text, but one of them had a picture and one of them didn't. That meant I had to send out in two different formats. And i just like some feedback if those of you, if you could get the picture if you didn't, if you don't care, um, it would be nice to only do one instead of two, and I'll do it whichever way, um, whichever way you want. But if you could send me some feedback at ann at annrobertson.com, that would be great. Uh, for this week, instead of choosing a Bible passage to start with, I chose a quote from the records of the General Court in the Massachusetts Bay Colony on May 11, 1659. A bit old, but the Bible's older. It says, It is therefore ordered by this court and the authority thereof that whosoever shall be found observing any such day as Christmas or the like, either by forbearing of labor, feasting, or any other way, upon any such account as aforesaid, every such person so offending shall pay for every such offense five shilling as fine to the county. End quote. It's that season again when communities get all worked up about holiday displays and what can be shown there, and retail clerks get ulcers worrying about whether or not they can say Merry Christmas to those who come into their stores. In churches, there's often the angst around who gets to be merry in the Christmas pageant, whether a Christmas tree should be in the sanctuary, and if so, how should it be decorated? Church programs are at full tilt. Pastors prepare for multiple services. Choirs are hard at work on cantatas. And church leaders fret that town regulations no longer allow for handheld candles at their candlelight services. And of course, most everybody, both inside the church and out, is participating in keeping the economy afloat by buying things for people who, in most cases, don't really need them. As many Christians get all worked up over keeping the Christ in Christmas, I've come to wonder if Jesus really would want his name associated with the holiday as it stands. And as I wondered that, I remembered my early experience as a reference assistant at the John Carter Brown Library at Brown University. The JCB is a rare book library specializing in Americana up to the year 1800. And in my time there, when I was in my early 20s, I volunteered to work on a Christmas exhibition for our reading room. What I discovered in my research, however, was that Americans did not celebrate Christmas before 1800. In fact, the celebration of Christmas was actually banned in the Massachusetts Bay Colony in 1659, and anyone caught celebrating had to pay a five-shilling fine. That's what that initial quote was about. And who is it that got it banned? Why, the Christians, of course. The ban lasted 22 years, but it wasn't until the middle of the 19th century before Christmas celebrations were really accepted as appropriate in religious circles. Consider the following statement by the Reverend Increase Mather in 1687. The generality of Christmas keepers observe that that festival after such a manner as is highly dishonorable to the name of Christ, 
how few are there comparatively that spend those holidays, as they are called, after an holy manner. But they are consumed in computations, in interludes, in playing at cards, in revelings, in excessive wine, in mad mirth. End quote. Consider also the very earliest Christians. Christmas was not an important festival in the church for several centuries after Christ's death. The three big church festivals were Epiphany, Easter, and Pentecost. Jesus' birth was relatively unimportant compared to the events that re revealed his nature, which was Epiphany, his death and resurrection at Easter, and the bestowal of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. All of that makes me wonder if Christians perhaps should quit worrying about keeping the Christ in Christmas and simply let it be the time of warm sentiment, festive parties, and economic activity that it has become. Suppose we took the Christ out of Christmas and instead put him back in Epiphany where he belongs. Honestly, are even our Christmas Eve services accurately described as holy? They're sentimental, to be sure, and that's fine. I love a beautiful candlelight service as much as the next person. But I wonder sometimes if all our cooing over a baby Jesus isn't a way of guarding ourselves against the older Jesus. Jesus as a baby can't make us uncomfortable. He can't overturn our tables or tell us to love our enemies or to put away our swords. He just smiles at drummer boys, receives expensive presents from important people, and, if you're to believe the carols, doesn't even cry. Who wouldn't want a baby like that? But the baby grows up, and as he does, the crowds of Christmas dwindle. Those who want to keep the Christ in Christmas often don't want him intruding at other times of the year, like tax time, for example. We're only back again when Jesus has gotten through his life and that nasty execution, and is safely resurrected and ready to offer us eternal life. Presents given to him at birth are returned to us in Easter salvation, and we get to avoid all those difficult lessons in between. Keep the Christ in Christmas, if you will. But personally, I think it's more important to put him back in the rest of the year. Will you pray with me? Baby Jesus, help us to keep you in our lives as you grow, that we might also grow in our spiritual lives. Amen. Thanks for subscribing to Spirit Walkers. This issue is going to go out only with the text and not with a picture until I hear back from those of you who may have gotten the picture the last time and see if you felt that added anything. Take care. I hope you have a fabulous week.